Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. He doesn't like bullies, and he'll call them out. This, this is The Roy Green Show. All right. Boom blue on the street, loose and complete undisguise, so smoky blue green. I can't foresee a Dixie did she, so it danced the sidewalk clean. Let me read you uh, a few lines of that uh, that I received about the book Operation Medusa in 2006. David Fraser was the Canadian general in charge of the Joint Military Command in Kandahar province, Afghanistan. Like the troops under his command, he was in no way ready for what happened on Friday, September 1st of that year. He'd been woken the night before by his intelligence officers, who informed him that the Taliban were amassing on all fronts for an all-out battle. The NATO alliance was about to engage the enemy in the greatest and bloodiest battle in their 70-year history, and they were grossly outnumbered. At first, the facts of Operation Medusa were deliberately withheld as classified, then muddied by imprecise and isolated personal accounts, exaggerated by rumor, misstated by ambition, or just rejected outright as irrelevant. The details of these events are still unknown by citizens of Canada and her allies. And yet the truth about those 15 agonizing days between September 2nd and 17th is astounding, and that's what you find out about in the book Operation Medusa, written by Major General David Fraser, Canadian general who is in command of NATO forces. General Fraser, it's an honor to speak with you, sir. Thank you for taking the time. Roy, it's great to be with you today. When you had that message delivered, when you were told on the night of September the 1st, 2006, that the Taliban were amassing in huge numbers and were ready for a battle that you were and your forces were in no way prepared for. What was that like? What did you do in the hours pre- following that message and when the battle started? How do you prepare for that in such a short period of time? Well, first of all, I think what the readers will find is it's just shocking that, uh, A, we went over there to build a nation, but we ended up having a battle that, as you said in your intro, uh, was the biggest that, you know, NATO's ever had. It was the biggest battle that Canada's had since, you know, the 50s in Korea. And, you know, it's shocking to actually get an intelligence report that uh, 500 enemy have massed with their top 10 commanders, and they want to do battle with you, and NATO is not there to support you. So uh, for Canadians uh, who were on the on the battlefield, it was, um, it was a very dire situation. And uh, this book really brings out those men and women story about just how, how nip and tuck this whole thing was. And the Canadian troops you had had never, in the words of the book, never had their noses bloodied before. Uh, no, I mean, uh, these soldiers, sailors, airmen, airwomen uh, were battle untested. They were not combat experienced. And uh, their first uh, battle to, you know, cut their teeth on was the biggest one that Canada's ever had. But uh, NATO's ever had in, in over 50 years. So, yes, it was, you know, for them, a lot was riding on their shoulders. The reputation of Canada was on their shoulders, the reputation of NATO, and uh, that's what this book really brings out. It's just 
just how much was at stake and just how how uh, absolutely incredible and impossible the mission was. Were all 37 nations engaged? In, in, in short, no. And that was the biggest shock of this whole battle, uh, was just when I went to my boss, David Richards, and I said, you know, here's the enemy situation, here's what I need. And he said, in turn, you know, you, David, you've got everything I've got, but I've got no troops to give you because of national caveats. You're pretty much on your own. And, you know, that was a really shocking message uh, back to Ottawa for General Hillier and our Minister of Defense and our Prime Minister at the time, Stephen Harper, that uh, nobody was coming down to help us with the exception of the Americans, the British and the and, uh, Dutch and Danes. And the Americans didn't have a lot of confidence in, in, the, in the fighting ability or the preparedness of Canadians. No, they didn't. And, and the book, again, goes into some detail about you know, our state of readiness at the beginning as compared to what the Americans wanted and expected uh, for a force to fight because they still thought we were peacekeepers and not up to this either politically or militarily. And so there was tremendous concern uh, about whether or not we were up for this. And uh, so that made the stakes even higher because there was tremendous doubt on their side. So the Taliban, how prepared were they? Uh, you know, we, we often don't accept the fact that these, first of all, they're probably excellent fighters and they were well-equipped and they they were determined. So what were you, who were you facing? Tell us about that. Who were you facing? Well, you know, the, the actual fighters themselves were, were passionate, determined uh, warriors. You know, this was their ground, so they knew it inside out. They, they blended into the ground. They didn't wear uniforms. They didn't abide by any rules that you and I would understand whatsoever. But the, the Taliban leadership were ruthless, uh, driven, passionate uh, people who were really uh, evil, when, it, when you think about the word evil, but very good at making strategy and plans. So you, we had kind of the worst, absolute, the worst conditions for the perfect storm on, on this battle. I was just shocked to read that you ran out of ammunition in the first, uh, after four hours. Uh, it, it, well, I actually, I actually dropped the f bomb on that one. I, I was even more than shocked. It was, uh, you know, I spent a lot of time every morning, you know, going through things like ammunition and water and medical and making sure we had all the right resources at the right place. And you know, I still remember Tim Bishop walking into my office and essentially saying, "Garbage in, garbage out," because people had not been putting in their expenditure reports what we thought we had. We don't. So that was, you know, anything that could gone, could have gone wrong with this battle did. Uh, that was one of them. There were, I had to phone Omer Lavoie in the field, in contact, to tell him to slow down, not because of what he was doing, but because of some administrative issues that we had. And then had to phone Ottawa to say, you know, because of administrative issues that we have, uh, we're actually running out of ammunition. And, and Ottawa was, again, shocked to find that uh, at the time when we needed it, everybody in the world was firing it, and we had to actually send an airplane down to New Zealand to get it. Um, there were two, 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 two sets of campaigns going on. There were the special forces, and there were the conventional forces. How did that work out? Can you explain that to us? Exactly. Uh, the special forces, which includes people like the Green Berets and, and also you know special forces that work in the black world, uh, operated completely independent, differently, and not in any 
shape or form in contact or coordination with us. And then there was us, the rest of the, the forces there, the Army, you know, the development people and uh, the diplomats um, trying to do our thing. So from a command and control point of view, this, this mission was uh, impossible would be an understatement. And it really built, was built on relationships and whatnot. But notwithstanding that, we still had big problems, including on the 4th of September, where because of a friendly fire incident, uh, uh, two operations happening, ours and the, and the American Special Forces, um, um, Charles Company got strafed by an American plane, which killed one soldier and wounded 34. I've spoken with one of the soldiers who was in that, uh, in that company. He lost part of his brain. And uh, he's he's been on this program on a on a couple of occasions. Was that also the 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 uh, the battle where the um, the American fighter jet dropped a bomb on uh, on Canadians? Was that on Operation Medusa? Uh, that one was back earlier in two thousand and two uh, at the Tarnak Farms, but um, very nearby where this happened. So unfortunately, uh, friendly fire incidents like that are not. Um, atypical. They, they uh, are things that we have to contend with every day in today's conflict. Yeah, I ask that because that pilot was on this program and he expressed such incredible remorse over over what had happened and explained to us what had what had gone on, which left him totally confused about what he was supposed to do and in fact where he was. So it, not not that you faced any confusion. Uh, you were facing overwhelming forces. You didn't know. You weren't ready for this. Uh, you were dealing with uh, all the NATO countries. All of them have their own rules and their own expectations. Probably half of them have different ammunition, and uh, and you're going into in a battle with a with a with a with a force that is determined to defeat you. Because if they win, they basically win Afghanistan. Uh, and that's that was the big, you know, going back to the first. That was the big takeaway that the enemy had never fought like this before, uh, and and this is where the readers will really. Need you know, find this book compelling that when you pick it up, you'll be astonished that, you know, everything you've heard about in the paper, but there's this little moment in time where the Taliban do something completely unexpected, mass all their power, come after us and try to take us on. And had they succeeded, uh, and this is where the story is just riveting, is uh, Stephen Harper government was in a minority situation. He would have actually been exposed to many uh questions and criticisms from the opposition. The, uh, Great Britain and the Netherlands were the same. NATO's credibility as an institution was being uh, challenged, even in, in this battle, was being challenged by the partners. And uh, the Afghans themselves uh, were actually wondering whether or not that we were up to help them when they asked us to help them. Uh, and that would have uh, come right onto the men, on shoulders of the men and women of, of the uh, forces to uh, uh, determine whether or not that all of the cards above them would have come tumbling down had they not succeeded. Was there ever a time where you wondered whether you would succeed? It, for those, you know, four or five days in the Labor Day weekend, I, I have to say that uh, I wasn't quite sure whether or not we were going to be able to do this because, A, we didn't have the resources, the, the things that were happening, like crashes of uh, British surveillance aircraft killing 12 on board, you know, the, the 3rd of September where we lost four soldiers in Charles Company, not having the resources, having nations not show up and changing their minds every day. Uh, this this was something I wasn't even quite sure whether or not we were going to get through. So 
you'll see in the book that you know you know what what we have done here is try to to paint a portrait and and, and a picture of you know essentially two people playing chicken and somebody was going first but uh who was that uh, i'm at some stages, I think both the Taliban and I, we weren't sure who was going to blink. Uh, the good news is that the men and women that uh, fought there uh, didn't lose the battle. And in Operation Medusa, we're going to find out things that we didn't know until the book came out, right? Yeah, exactly. As, you know, you know, for the first time, this, this is an account that pulls all the pieces together uh, from the political down to the to my level and, and below, and it really complements everything that's out there that would, would be, I would classify as a personal account. Here you've got, essentially, we've brought in David Richards, my boss, uh, brought in Ben Frankly, the American boss I had. We talked to Mike Gauthier from the Canadian side of the house. So we brought everybody in to, to bring together their recollections and their stories in one book that can tell you, you know, not just what was happening, in NATO's largest battle, Canada's largest battle, but also uh, some of the some of the supporting stories about you know how good or how weak NATO really was, and so this really is a, a pretty important book for people to read and understand as we even look forward to missions going forward today. Oh, I agree, and uh, you know, there's a greater understanding of, and a greater appreciation of the military now since the Afghanistan campaign, because you have. And nothing, not to take anything away from uh, from the military uh, who fought in in previous wars, my dad being uh, one of them. Um, it, it, there's a connection. There's a generational connection, and so there's an understanding. And people know, you know, my neighbor's son fought, or my neighbor's daughter fought, or, or my daughter fought, or my or my son enlisted or, or joined. So there's that there's that immediate connection, and to know that the the significance of Operation Medusa, and we'll have to take a break here, General Fraser. Then I'd like to ask you about how the Canadians performed during Operation Medusa, particularly since they hadn't had their, in your words, had their noses bloodied previously. We'll come back with Major General David Fraser, one of the most decorated generals in Canadian military history, about Operation Medusa, the largest battle in NATO history, which saved Afghanistan from the Taliban. It's available now. The book is Operation Medusa. We'll come right back with General Fraser. He has been called many things, but we just call him Roy. This is the Roy Green Show. Follow me on Twitter at The Roy Green Show, and remember our webpage is RoyGreenShow.com. In the podcast, you'll be able to listen back to this interview with Major General David Fraser about Operation Medusa. His book is Operation Medusa, the largest battle in NATO history which saved Afghanistan from the Taliban, and Major General David Fraser was the commanding officer. Um, the Canadian forces, General Fraser, within that battle, how well did we do? How well did they distinguish themselves? Well, I, the short answer, they certainly did distinguish themselves. They gained the credibility and the credit from the Americans who were completely doubting of their abilities that they were capable of fighting. Uh, Canada as a nation completely uh, established uh, a credibility because of our political commitment from both parties, uh, what we did there. And I think the men and women of Canada across coast to coast to coast, when they came and supported their 
soldiers when they came back or when they, you know, we had fallen soldiers coming up that highway of heroes and seeing those bridges lined up with, you know, Canadians. I mean, that attests to just how much people in, the, in this world have actually seen what we did. But it was at a horrendous sacrifice. And there were, uh, you know, you know, shortfalls that NATO uh, didn't come in and support us when we needed and expected their support. I remember speaking with uh, Major General Lewis McKenzie on a number of occasions during the uh, Afghanistan conflict, and he would uh, talk about, he, was, he wasn't very happy with the fact that many of the NATO soldiers seemed to be, uh, I wouldn't say on vacation, but they were staying back in Kabul while Canadian forces under your command were fighting in uh, the southern part of the, of the country. And it was, uh, as you said, there were three or four countries that, that, that did all of the fighting, at least that's my understanding from Operation Medusa. Um, is is the alliance as strong as it needs to be? It could if this happened again, would uh, what would the chances be of of winning again? Well, I don't think the alliance has changed at all since this this, this battle really opened and exposed the alliance's weaknesses. Um, I know General Hillier and the minister at the time, you know, really challenged NATO. Uh, General Jones, the Supreme Allied Commander of of Europe, uh, who was you know, in charge of all those NATO forces, really found out that he didn't have a, a military force or a political force that was committed to a, a real fight like this. And there were a lot of people, as you say, uh, just came out to actually drink tea and, and coffee, but weren't out there to actually help Afghans uh, build a nation. Yeah, they only spit shine their boots once. Uh, absolutely. So I don't think anything has changed today. And so I think we're living on sort of a, a false pretense of what, what the uh, organization says it's capable of doing. And you don't know until you're actually pressured. But, you know, what this what this story is, and I think the readers need to read, you know, just how close we came to, to losing this battle. And if it wasn't for the few, um, this we wouldn't be where we are today. So I think the many are enjoying the privileges by the efforts of a few, including Canada and Great Britain. Twas, all, Canada. twas ever thus. Twas ever thus. Uh, General Fraser, we have about 30 seconds left. Can you talk to us a bit about, in that time we have, about the significance of the battle? Because when we look at Afghanistan today, about 75% of the country is controlled by the Taliban. Yeah, you know, I, you know, Kennedy should be really proud of what our men and women did, but they should also be shocked and uh, angry about what, what the coalition didn't do in support, support us and support Afghans. And I think, you know, that's 12 years ago, and let's let's look at, operations like today in Maui, and I think Canadians should be asking those questions about, you know, will the UN be able to support Canada and, and other nations step up to uh, mitigate the risk for our men and women? The lessons we learned 12 years ago are still applicable today, and um, Canadians should know and actually ask a lot of questions about it. This should be a copy of Operation Medusa in the home of every family in this country by Major General David Fraser. General Fraser, thank you for what you've done for us at Operation Medusa and throughout your career. It was an honor to speak with you, sir. Roy, thank you very much. All the best. All the best. Major General David Fraser on the Roy Green Show. We're back after this.